You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here. As Donnie mentioned, my name is David, and it's my privilege to be able to continue the series that we began last week, which is part of an overall theme this year where we're challenging ourselves and inviting you all to step forward. In this particular series, we're stepping forward with wisdom. It's our desire as we live by the Spirit to keep in step with the Spirit. And so with this particular series, we're looking at the whole idea of the wisdom that comes from above and how it is pure. We need wisdom if we're going to be able to step and keep in step with the Spirit. And so the verse that we're really focusing in on this particular series comes out of James, the writer of James. Um, He was uh, the brother of Jesus, and he wrote to a set of believers in the first century there, and he wrote that the wisdom that comes from above is pure. And so today, with that, we want to seek some wisdom with regard to our bodies. And in this particular message, I want to invite you to think about what it is that you're doing with your body. I want to talk to you today about body language, specifically, and the body language that you give off, the body language that God invites us to have. And so whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope that as you hear what we're about to say today, you'll begin to get a real clear picture of how God wants us to handle our bodies. And maybe you've never thought about this before, or maybe your only experience with Christianity or with church people, followers of Jesus, is that they think the body is an awful thing. And I want to hear, I'm here today to tell you that God actually cares about our bodies, and he loves our bodies, and he created our bodies. And so whether you are 16 or you're 86 or anywhere in between, I want to pray that God will give you wisdom to know what to do with what you hear today, because we're going to try to do some things to really help make this whole idea of what we do with our bodies very, very practical, because it has enormous implications. Now, here's what I can guarantee you as you're sitting there that you're going to experience as we walk through this message today. If you want to go ahead and turn to your Bibles, you can do that, by the way. First Corinthians chapter 6, there are some under the chairs there, a paper Bible. Digitally, you can go there, and as Donnie mentioned, follow along in the notes. And here's what I can guarantee you as we get started. You're going to find yourself comparing yourself to other people. Well, at least I'm not as bad as he is. Well, at least uh, you know she's worse than I am, so I must be okay here. Well, that's going to be the natural tendency. But what I want to invite you to do, no matter what age or stage of life you're in, is to compare yourself to one and one only, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, that's how we should really filter everything through. But you're going to fight on that. You're going to want to push back on that, especially when you begin to hear what it is that we're going to talk about when it relates to our bodies. Now, what that verse mentioned a moment ago that we looked at, the wisdom above is pure. What I want us to help to begin to see today is statements that will help you to frame what it is we're going to look at. Because if we look at this whole idea of wisdom being pure, it can bring, when we live in step with the Spirit, this wisdom can bring us a purity. And I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, that purity, when we are closely connected to our Heavenly Father and we are living and walking in purity, that purity paves the pathway to two things. You've heard me say it if you've been around here for very long. Purity paves the pathway to two things, intimacy and purity paves the pathway to clarity. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more in step with the Spirit you get, 
you will have an intimacy with your heavenly father. There will be a purity about that intimacy and you'll be close to God. It will also bring tremendous clarity to your life as well. You'll actually be able to know, feel, hear, listen to, and understand the will of God. And we're going to actually see that this morning. But there's got to be a level of purity. And the more impure you find yourself, the further away you'll feel from God, the harder it'll be to sense God. And so he's invited us to come to him as pure people. Now, we can't do that on our own. We need the help of God. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. And as you think about your body and you think about your own body language, here's what I also want to submit to you, that God, as he keeps you in step with his spirit, as he invites you to be in step with his spirit, desperately longs for you to have the energy to be able to do that. God would not say, hey, keep in step with my spirit, but then not give you what you need to actually be able to do that. And so I want to submit to you today that when we keep in step with the spirit, we need bodies that are energized by the Holy Spirit, that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so whether you find yourself, again, you're 15 years old and you're trying to flesh this out, or you're 85 years old and you're somewhere in between, allow God, in fact, invite the Spirit of God to speak to you today about what he might want to say to you about your body. The truth is, we all have regrets about our bodies, don't we? We all have things that if we could go back and tell younger versions of ourselves, don't eat that, don't drink that, don't smoke that, don't do this with your body with regard to your morality and your sexuality. We would go back and we would say all of those things to ourselves. And we look back over that and we say, boy, I've got regret. Boy, I've got remorse. Boy, I wish that I had done this differently. I wish I had done that differently. The truth is, is that we all have that, myself included. But God is not here to condemn us. He's here to invite us into something greater, grander, bigger than we could ever imagine. He created our bodies. That's what we believe as followers of Jesus. And he genuinely wants us to be able to follow him with not just our spirits, not just our minds and our souls, but with our bodies. So body language. I want to begin... For those of you especially who might sense as we look, look through this that you have a tremendous amount of regrets. There's a, there's a condemnation that you might feel. Maybe you look in the mirror and there's just a self-loathing. When you look at your body, you absolutely hate it. For others of us, we've crossed lines and there's guilt and there's shame. Others of us, we're embarrassed or maybe there's others of us that say, when we look at this whole subject of our bodies, I've really got this act together. I've really got this all together. Piece of cake. I'm in top, tip-top shape. I get plenty of sleep. I'm a moral person. And you would look at it and you begin to judge or you begin to come at it with a pride or an arrogance. Wherever you find yourself today, I want to invite you to allow the Holy Spirit, even if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, to open up your mind so that you might receive something from God and it might begin to reframe the way that you think and the way that you look at what you do or don't do with your body. Father, as we look at this subject today, would you guide us? Would you help us, Lord, today to have the energy? If we're tired, if we're worn out, we're worn down, we want to begin today, Lord, by thanking you for our bodies. Some of us, we bring our bodies here in this place and we're exhausted. We're worn out. 
we're ill, we've got a diagnosis, and our bodies are anything but something to be thankful for right now as we view it with our own humanity. But you've created them. You know how they're wired. You know what we're facing. Maybe that no one else does, but you've invited us into the rhythms of life that you've established for us to embrace. Help us not to ignore the warning signs. Help us to get beyond the lie that we're invincible or that the laws of nature don't apply to us. We want to sow the kind of seeds that bring a tremendous harvest as it relates to our bodies. We want to honor you with our bodies. It's hard. We acknowledge it. It's difficult. But God, help us to get a hold of what we're talking about here today with fresh awareness, with a breakthrough mentality today, God, and help us to begin to step forward in new ways as it relates to our body language. In Jesus' name, amen. So what if God actually cares about the physical nature of our lives? What if he's actually interested in our bodies? What we eat, what we drink, the substances that we interact with, our morality and our sexuality. Well, what, what if he actually cares about that? And obviously, I'm going to submit to you today that he does actually care about those things. The challenge is, is that our enemy, the devil, Jesus said that his whole game plan was to steal, kill, and destroy. And it doesn't just apply to our hearts. It doesn't just apply to our minds. It doesn't just apply to our spirits, our souls. It applies to the physical nature of our bodies. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy whatever, however he possibly can. In fact, he wants to distract you today as you listen. He wants you to get distracted by what's on your device or what's coming up later this week. He wants you to get distracted to think about what's happening over the holidays, whatever he can possibly do by the weight, by the shame, by the guilt that you might be in right now, by the uncertainty. He wants to distract you from all of that. In fact, his strategy is the same today as it was with Adam and Eve. His strategy in the garden was to tempt them with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's the same three temptations that he used with Jesus in the wilderness, and he's using them with you and I today. In fact, of all the regrets that you have, if you could put your whole history of your life before your very eyes and see as it relates to your body specifically this morning, your regrets would come under one of those three headings, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Somewhere in the middle of all of that, we find the temptation. But wouldn't it be great if God gave us a way to overcome that temptation so that we will not have regret as it relates to our body? Wouldn't you love that? Guess not. We'll pray and go home. Wouldn't you love that? Yeah, I've been looking for it, and I think maybe we found something today that can be of help. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. And you've got to keep in mind the audience that Paul's writing to. In that day, the Greek mindset was that what really mattered, what was really important, was the spirit and the mind. But they didn't really care about the body. In fact, the body was just going to waste away. So because the body was unimportant, because the physical flesh was unimportant, it didn't matter what you did with it. In fact, there was such promiscuity in the community of Corinth that they would talk about it in terms of to Corinthianize. That's how bad things had gotten there. Then in the middle of all of that, Paul writes not just to this Greek 
pagan audience that's now become a faithful follower of Jesus. Now he's also writing to perhaps Jews that are there in the city and they're following and their mindset is Old Testament sacrifices. Their mindset our, our blood that's being shed to make the penalty, of the, the payment for the penalty of our sin. So you got all of this from multiple cultures coming into this, and here's what the Apostle Paul has to say to us under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to help us with our body language. Do you not know, verse 19, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. What I want to try to do today is to give you three statements that jump right out of this text. Three ways of thinking that will help to transform how you handle your body. Again, whether you are young or you are old and anywhere in between, how does this apply to us today? I want to help you with the whole issue of self-control because it's a battle that we face. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're looking at people who are and you're thinking, man, they ought to have their act together, we don't. We wrestle with this. We struggle with this. It's a lifelong battle. But we can have some mindset shifts today that will help us to gain victory in this area of our Christian life. In fact, these will give us wisdom. They will be filters in our decision-making to give us the energy to live in such a way that we are in step with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, and they will combat the distortions of Satan. They will combat the very distortions of the gifts that God has given to us. Did you know that food, sleep, and sex are gifts from God to us, but the enemy wants to distort them? And so how do we combat that? I want to invite you to imagine yourself this morning. Maybe if you need to, close your eyes. Don't fall asleep, but close your eyes and picture yourself as you get ready to crawl out of bed in the morning. Do you have morning breath? Bet you do. Picture yourself now as you get dressed. You're getting dressed for school. You're getting dressed for work. Or you're just going to be hanging out around the house. Now picture yourself as you walk into the restaurant, as you walk into the grocery store. Some of you came to the mills today just because there's going to be a grocery store over there, and you're going to head over and get some groceries afterwards. Imagine yourself walking in to the grocery store, or you're going to reply to the email. You're sitting at the keyboard. You've got your phone in your hands. You're going to reply to the email. You're going to reply to the text. You're preparing to go out on that date. Ladies, you're looking at your closet and you've got hundreds of pairs of shoes and you've got dozens and dozens of outfits and you have nothing to wear. But you're looking at all of that. Guys, you're getting ready to go out. You're getting ready to get dressed. Prepare, look at yourself as you're preparing to open up your phone. You're preparing to open up your tablet. You're going to turn on your computer. You're going to watch the television. Think about all of those things as it relates to what we're going to talk about in just a moment. But think about now, you're getting ready to go to bed. It's been a long day, but now you're getting ready to go to bed. Even as you prioritize your budget, picture yourself in whatever setting most is helpful to you this morning as it relates to what we're going to talk about, and then listen to the body language that the author Paul gives us to help us to keep in step with the Spirit and will actually create a life that is worth living at the end of life so that we don't have regret. The first statement that Paul makes that helps us with our body language 
is the statement that says simply, I am not my own. I am not my own. Would you say that with me? I am not my own. Take a look at the person next to you. Say it to them. I am not my own. We must not decide on our own, independent of Jesus or independent of his Holy Spirit, how we should live. And the truth is, in our culture today, we, are, we, love, we love to be self-sufficient and we love to self-govern. But in this area of our faith journey with Jesus, we are neither self-governing nor self-sufficient. We are not our own. And you may be sitting, seated there today and you're saying, actually, David, I haven't become a follower of Jesus. I kind of think that I am my own that my body does belong to me. And I want to invite you to allow God to maybe begin to help you to see a different way of relating to this subject because at the end of the day, I have found when I am left to my own with regard to my body, I always end up in a mess. Can anyone else please show me by your body language that I am not alone? So I am not my own, but Paul goes on and he says, I am bought at a price. I'm bought at a price. The truth is, God sent his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to give his life as a ransom for us, and he offered up his body, and my body now no longer belongs to me. I was bought at a price. The imagery that we see there in that verse is actually the picture in that first century where they would have slave markets and they'd have men on one side and women on the other side and they would be selling slaves. And Paul says, you know what? Jesus went into the market and he gave his life. He paid the price with his shed blood to buy my temple back once and for all. And I no longer have to be a slave to my appetites, to my addictions. There can be freedom found because of what Jesus did. I am not my own. Would you say it with me? I was bought at a price. Would you say it? I was bought at a price. One more time. I was bought at a price, and a heavy price it was, but he paid it willingly for us. should put a smile on your face. In fact, this temple, this house, because Jesus has bought it, my house is no longer for sale. God, my heavenly Father, owns it. My house, your house, is no longer for sale. Could you say that with me? My house is no longer for sale. One more time. My house is no longer for sale. what every guy that ever wants to date my daughter is going to hear. Her house is not for sale, big boy. <clears throat> She's not in here right now, so nobody tell her I said that, okay? <clears throat> so, last part of this, I am not my own. I was bought at a price. Therefore, I choose, I will honor God with my body. Would you say that with me? I will honor God with my body. What's your body language? My body language is I'm going to honor God with my body. In fact, I love this whole idea of honor. It's where we get the word. It's the idea of the doxology. Anybody grow up with the doxology? You sang the doxology every single week you were ever in church. If you don't know what that was, you know it as soon as I start to sing it. And oh yes, I'm going to sing it. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why I don't lead worship. Now we all know. So here's the deal. Your life, my life, is supposed to be those words everywhere we go, every interaction, no matter who it is that we're with, no matter where we are, when everyone is watching us and when no one is seeing us, our lives, by the way that we live and interact in all of our relationships, should be a doxology, should declare the glory, should declare the praises, should declare the splendor of God, our Heavenly Father, so that when we live and move and have our being, He gets all the praise from how we handle our bodies. Aren't you glad you came to church today? You won't remember anything else but that song. It'll be in your nightmares tonight, won't it? So when this is your body language, you tune your conscience into these personal standards. I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. I'm going to honor God with my body. And when I don't know what that looks like, I'm going to ask somebody. I'm going to get some help. I'm not going to hide this in the shadows. When I go into the restaurant, when I go into the grocery store, when I go into the locker room, when I'm all by myself in my bedroom, when I'm in the house and no one's there, I'm going to view my body as something that should honor God. Now, how do you remember this? How can I help you to remember this? Well, when you violate these things, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit, for myself and for all of us, will scream into our ears, wait, remember, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Honor God with your body. And to help you remember that, the Lord actually gave me this earlier this week. I want to show you just a simple graphic based on these three phrases. Say them with me. I am not my own. I was bought at a price. And you'll notice it's red. Why is it red? Because Jesus spilled his blood for us to be able to say that. Therefore, as a result of those things, I will honor God with my body. When the temptations come, when the temptations come to give in to the addictions, to look at the pornography, to drink too much, to put those substances into my body, to become addicted to smoke, smoking, to be able to, uh, the unhealthy relationships, wherever it might be, I'm going to put a big red not for sale sign. My body is not my own. I am bought at a price. I'm choosing to honor God with my body and how appropriate it is that we cover this subject headed into the holidays, right? God help us. It's coming. So I want to invite you to refuse to let the culture dictate to you how you handle your body, what's normal and acceptable with your body. Don't buy into the pattern of this world because it leads to destruction. In fact, I would submit to you that the pattern of this world is missing something. It's missing God. You see it in our culture everywhere we go. Every advertisement that you see, it objectifies women degrades women and men. It draws us into lust and jealousy and comparison and overeating and a lack of sleep and an indulgent lifestyle that God died to save us from, that God sent his son to free us from. 
So as a result, followers of Jesus are invited by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12. This is what he said. We're challenged with these words. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give or offer your bodies to God. Why? Because of all he has done for you. 11 chapters up to this point, how he has given his very best for us. Let them, your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Notice this, by changing the way you think. When you allow those phrases that we just said that are scripture, they're not just some little catchy way of remembering it. They're actually the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God's word is alive and active. And when you begin to let that wash over you, I am not my own. I was bought at a price. I will honor God with my body. It will change the way you think. And notice what he says. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There it is. Purity paves the pathway to intimacy with God, healthy relationships with others, and a clarity about God's will in your life. Wisdom from above is pure. You want purity? That's going to give you clarity, and it's going to give you an intimacy with God that you won't have otherwise. But God invites us all into it. So the question after you read those verses that I'm left with is how do I wisely offer my body to God? How do I do that wisely? Whether I'm a teenager, I'm a young adult, I'm in the middle of my life, I'm at the end of my life, what does that look like for every stage of life? Well, I'm gonna give you three statements to try to help you with that. You can apply this on your own, but I want to try, because we're talking about body language, because I'm not my own, because I'm bought with a price, and because I'm going to honor God with my body, number one, I will set standards that are so far back from the edge that if I were to violate those standards, there would be no consequence. In other words, I'm not going to ask the question, how close can I get to sin without it actually being sin? That's so many times the question that we ask, but God says, no, 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 put the guardrail back here. Where's a guardrail? In the road that you came by and you passed a guardrail today, wherever that was, where do they put the guardrail? They put it right up here next to the cliff? No. Because if you hit the guardrail, they don't want you going over. So they back it up a few feet so that when you hit the guardrail, you've still got margin. You've still got safety. You've still got protection. So you don't put your body, morality, your sexuality, your substances, you don't put your eating up against right here because if you go over that, you're going to be in a mess. No, instead, you put it back a few feet. You put it back 100 yards, whatever you have to do to say, I'm putting it back here so that if and when, because we're human and we know we're all going to struggle and we know we're going to mess up from time to time, if I step into this, hey, it's actually still not sin. It's maybe not where I really want to be to be totally wise. I want to get back over there, but at least I'm not in sin. We push the margin back, push the guardrails back. I learned this whole concept years ago. And it's changed the way that I live and eat and relate to God with my body. And I'm far, far, far from perfect. But it does inform my decisions in such a different way. In fact, I want to invite you, 
When you pray the Lord's Prayer, those of you who grew up praying the Lord's Prayer, there's a line in that phrase. There's a phrase in that prayer there. Give us today our daily bread. And we often think of that in terms of provision, and it should be thought of that way. In that culture, in that day, they didn't have the ability to do what we can do today. Did you know, press release here, that when you leave this gathering today and you go to any one of these restaurants that are out here, and we've got some really good ones, don't we? Did you know that you can eat enough calories today at lunch for the rest of today and into Wednesday? You know what I'm talking about? You can just keep eating and eating and eating and you'll have your caloric intake for days on end. And God invites us to make the consumption of food a matter of prayer. In other, Lord, in other words, Lord, today is my daily bread. Don't let me eat tomorrow and the next day and the next day's bread as well. Make the consumption of your alcohol, of your substances, of your sexuality a matter of prayer. I'm going to set that guideline back. I'm going to set that standard back so when I go over it, there's not going to be this mess. It has implications for sleeping, for your sexuality, and for your sustenance. If you need S's, there's three of them. Sleep, sex, and sustenance. Number two, I will flee, not flirt. I will flee. I will run. I will not walk. I will not jog. I will run. The Bible says, I will flee. I will not flirt. Here's what Paul says right before those verses that he gave us in verse 18 of chapter 6. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. We don't look back, we flee. We do not flirt, we flee. We don't try to endure it, we don't try to fool ourselves, we don't try to stay strong, we run. That's why when you see in the story, the Old Testament story of Joseph, and he's being tempted, Potiphar's wife, if you don't know the story, you can go look it up later, but this guy named Joseph is tempted by his master's wife. She throws herself at him, and he doesn't just say, you know, let's sit here and pray about it. He doesn't just kind of walk. No, he gets up, and he runs all the way out the door because you and I, we are never as safe as we think we are. And if your past is checkered in this arena as a, with failure as it relates to your body, then you have to be even more conservative with your boundaries because you will awaken a sleeping giant when you begin to flirt rather than flee. You're especially more susceptible than the average person. So consequently, you can't be content with the average boundaries. You will never, hear me on this, you will never regret taking extreme measures as it relates to your body, to your sexuality, to your morality. People come to my office all the time plagued with regret and remorse and shame and guilt, and we can avoid that. God gave us a plan. It's a beautiful plan. He called it marriage. And is it difficult to wait is it difficult to separate until then? Yes, it is. But it's also worth it in the end because here's what, you're, here's what's, here's what I can guarantee you. At the end of life and eternity, you're facing Jesus. 
you're never going to say to Jesus, you know, I wish I'd have had another piece of cake. I wish I'd have lost a few more hours of sleep. You know, Jesus, I really wish I'd have slept with a few more people. We're not going to say any of those things. What we're going to say is, I'm so glad I chose to honor you with my body. And he's going to look us in the face and he's going to say, well done. And you may be looking and say, it's too late. I'm too messed up. I've gone too far. I've got too many addictions, stuff that no one knows about. God possibly can't forgive me. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus stretched his arms and spilled every bit of his blood so that you could be free from this, so that you could experience forgiveness for this, so that you did not have to hide in shame and in guilt any longer. It's incredibly good news that he gave his life so that we could have an abundant life here and now, and it has implications for our body. Lastly, number three, I'm going to decide ahead of time where my boundaries are. Because if you don't decide ahead of time, someone else will decide them for you. Because if you don't decide ahead of time, your passionate lust of the flesh, your passionate lust of the eyes, and your arrogant pride of life will take over those primal instincts, those primal temptations. If you have not pre-decided and set boundaries and margins far enough back from the edge, you will find yourself in a mess. You decide where are your appropriate environments, where are not your appropriate environments. You're going to decide ahead of time your caloric consumption. You're going to talk to God and you're going to make decisions about your exercise, about your sleep. What is it that will enrich you most? Not just what you're going to enjoy the most, but what will enrich you the most? What are you going to put into your body? How are you going to handle that body? So the big question for us today is one that I learned years ago from Pastor Andy Stanley. If you've been in any environment that I'm in for more than 10 minutes, I'm talking about him or quoting a question or a thought of his. And simply, I give you this today, that I would ask myself this every single message that we're preaching through this series. In light of my past history, in light of the story that I've lived up to this point, in light of my past, in light of the current circumstances that I find myself in as it relates to my body, And I have all of these future hopes and dreams, stuff that I really want at the end of life to be able to look back and say, yep, this is how I handle my body. In light of my past history, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do with my body? It's actually God's. So what would God have us to do in light of our past, in light of our present, in light of the future? Here's the deal. Seven weeks from now, we're going to hit 2018. Kind of hard to believe, right? You're going in January, you're going to look back on 2017, and it's going to be a story that you're going to tell. In fact, these next seven weeks, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all the stuff in between, that's eventually just going to be a story. When I ask you, you know, the first weekend in January, hey, how was your holidays? You'll tell me a story, and it'll be, you know, a few, few sentences. What story do you want to tell? You want to say, hey, you know what? I started applying what I heard that day as it relates to my body. And I live differently through the holidays. And man, now the story that I'm telling, I'm loving telling that story. That's the way it'll be for the rest of your life. Each week, each month, each year, each decade of your life will be a story that you'll tell. How will you live in light of the story that you think you really want to tell and that God invites you to be able to tell? 
Some of us are really fooling around with this. We're risking a lot by the way that we handle our bodies right now. And I'm not here to condemn you. (laughs) I've been really insecure about talking about this all week long. Lost sleep over it because I worried about my own body. If you ever want to get a real humbling thing, speak in front of people all the time and look at your hair and look at your body and all that stuff. It's very humbling. But I care enough to tell you, don't be foolish with your body. As the worship team comes, your body's telling you things all the time. It's telling you, I need more sleep. It's telling you, I feel tired. It's telling you, I feel empty. It's telling you, eat broccoli, please. Dear God, eat some Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Please, please, please hear me. God has a better plan for us, and he invites us into that better plan. Would you bow your hearts with me, and I want to pray for us. Now, I'm, in a moment, we're going to stand, and we're going to sing some songs, and I'll do what I do each time I'm up here. I'll invite you to step out and come forward. But I know that when you do a message like this, you'll always wonder, dear God, do they think I'm praying about my sexual life, my food habits, my sleep, or something completely unrelated? And you'll feel really awkward about that. No one will get up and come. So if you decide to come, that's great. And if not, you can talk to Jesus there right where you are. But don't waste an opportunity to talk to Jesus about your body. Heavenly Father, you created our bodies. Jesus You redeemed our bodies, and Holy Spirit, if we are followers of Jesus, you indwell our bodies. So we approach you in need of wisdom. We approach you in need of forgiveness. And God, we're so grateful that our past doesn't have to define our future in any arena of life, but today, especially in the arena of our bodies. The past failures, mistakes, they can be cleansed. They can be forgiven. We can begin to live victoriously as we apply what it is that we've heard. God, give us a body language. Holy Spirit, remind us of the truths that we've heard today. Etch them in stone in our minds and our hearts. Give us a new appetite for the things that most honor you. May our lives be a doxology of praise and glory to you, Jesus. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. Therefore, we will honor you, Heavenly Father, with our bodies. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.